You're listening to the TLC Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tyler, Landon, and Caleb. FP, I'm your host, Fields. You can find him on Twitter at, <laughs> at Fields underscore Lando. Uh, I am Caleb Derlin. You can find me on Twitter at CDerlin53. I'm Tyler Svitanai, and you can follow me at underscore Suavage underscore. And we are joined by a very special guest today. Uh, you probably know him on Twitter at Arrowhead Tom. Tom, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's always good to talk to you, football, and especially the draft. So I'm excited to be here. We have a, a two mic setup uh, today because audio equipment sucks sometimes. Yep. Uh, so you're probably <laughs> gonna have. Uh, well, maybe we edit out the pauses, but I don't know. I think it's funny to just now that I've brought attention to it, just to leave the pauses <laughs> in. Like they can just visually imagine us passing microphones back and forth between the four of us. Uh, but it's gonna be a good show. We are here to talk draft. Uh, which how soon is the draft? It's coming up pretty soon. Uh, I've been so distracted. I'm a big Kansas basketball fan, as some of you know. So they won the championship, and that's awesome. So I've been very distracted by that. Uh, I lost track of the football calendar. But we are here to talk Chiefs and the draft, some big thoughts. What are your guys' big thoughts? Caleb, let's start with you. I know only you because I'm going to have to pass the mic to Tom. So we'll start with Caleb. General thoughts. What do the Chiefs need? What do you think they should go after? They have a lot of picks. Uh, what do you think they should do? What is their strategy heading into draft night? Well, first pick, I think you, you have to go with either uh, an edge guy or a top-end receiver that you can uh, develop into a one pretty pretty quick-like because uh, Valda Scantling and Juju are great pieces to have uh, adding into this um, wide receiver room, but I don't think we have a true number one yet uh, unless Juju can do that, but I, I don't think uh, we've seen any of that after he left uh after antonio brown left him i don't think we've seen any true uh number one potential out of him so i think you either gotta go wide receiver if there's a one there that you like um or you gotta go with an edge on the first first pick um and then another guy that i would be really really happy with getting in the first pick that is not of those positions is dax hill so all right yeah yeah, go ahead let Tyler jump in so then I could correct both of you at once, but that's okay. Uh, well, if yeah. you want to, if you do, you want to correct? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, okay. I just want to correct you both. Yeah. That way, it's, it saves me effort. I don't want to jump back in <laughs> after you've said your part. So no, you're good. Um, I, there are there are definite needs. We're definitely weak in a couple of positions. I would say, from a personal standpoint, I think wide receiver is a very big need given who we have at quarterback. Given that's one of the weakest places that we're in that's the easiest to fix the the quickest however there are too many other positions that are needing to be prioritized i feel like first um due to the nature of depth and just overall lack of ability we're low at defensive end i think that has to be number one corners were very very low we talked about bringing in bradbury and Gillylock. those guys aren't coming in at least for right now i think i don't think bradbury's even on the board anymore Gillylock is probably a close addition to camp if anything it possible so i would have to give it a defensive end corner then a receiver hopefully maybe get rid of two or maybe trade up using our two picks in the second or maybe a second and a third and a fourth get a third pick in the first and you can address all three and hopefully george pickens isn't off the board all right so you guys were uh summed it up pretty well the the talk is so focused on wide receiver right now i think that we have really missed just how shallow the defensive end room is that edge room is even and, and I uh, clearly speculating a little bit, but just how the team sees those positions. They've invested some money at, you know, MVS. They've got McCall Hardman. They've got Juju. So they've, they've added some pieces. They have not been able to add a single edge that is going to contribute. Andy Reid talked about Frank Clark. Uh, I think it was at the owner's meeting or, or maybe it was the combine. And Andy Reid was about as critical of a player as he's going to get. You know, he said, well, he didn't have a very good year last year. And Frank knows that. And, um, you know, it's it's not looking pretty for Frank Clark, but they brought him back as a guy that is going to be a body. They're, they pretty much brought him back because the deal they reached was it's going to be a little bit more to keep you than what we would 
eat and dead money to, to let you go. So you can stay. You're going to make more money here than you would make on the open market. But they're not expecting much. They're hoping that maybe he takes this contract year and goes earns a payday somewhere else. Everybody's talking about wide receiver. It reminds me a lot of the uh, Patrick Mahomes draft class, 2017. I remember that that day they talked about the Chiefs needing a linebacker and needing a defensive player and talking about them trading up. And I, I remember it was on the NFL Network broadcast, and they said, yeah, the Chiefs have traded up to number 10, and they're going to take Reuben Foster. They're looking at linebackers, and they were totally off. And it feels a lot like that where we're talking about wide receiver, we're talking about wide receiver, but really the biggest position of need on this team is edge, is defensive end. You can look at, you know, between Juju, McColl, MVS, you have three guys who have seen significant snaps who there's there's starters there. Mm-hmm. Frank Clark is your only starting quality defensive end on this roster, and it's very arguable as to whether or not he's starting quality. Yep. So, Are we expecting uh, Kando to come in and have any effect? Obviously, went out before being able to take – any progressive or progression this past season. I, I don't think he made it past the first game of the preseason. Um, are, are we expecting him to come in and be able to be a factor in this group? Or are we kind of looking at him? Uh, I, I don't know, like a, uh, uh, pa- uh, Tano Passanio situation. Yeah. Kendo's a hard one. I, sometimes I just forget that he's on the team. I was not super big on him, uh, in last year's draft, I was a bigger fan of his teammate, Janarius Robinson. But for me, he's very much a finesse player. Very, um, He's got some athletic skill, but like, I think that he's going to be that designated pass rusher guy, probably a guy who rotates in. Uh, I, I don't see him as a guy who even – and again, I, I would love to be wrong. Uh, you know, Cheap pass rushers on the rookie deal would be a great thing, but I think that he's going to be a guy who really rotates in. Um, so if they're going to take a defensive end, though, in this draft class, they're going to have to trade up. There are a lot of wide receivers in this draft class that oh, you yeah. could take. So Absolutely. there are a lot that would, you know, fit the needs and, and fit the mold of what the Chiefs are looking at. And it, it might be a little bit different than what we expected. So defensive end, uh, wide receiver. I also like Daxton Hill out of Michigan. Safety, uh, slash cornerback, slash whatever you want if you he want a guy. Incredible. Yeah. If you want a guy to replace Tyron Matthew, he's yep. your guy. Yeah, that's it. I almost compared him to Tyron Matthew, but that's such a steep – it's a comparison. Yeah, it's a steep comparison. Um, but extremely versatile. That's how Michigan used him. We've had some things brought up. Obviously, everything's on Twitter. But everybody in Chiefs Kingdom is talking about who – right tackle. Right tackle, right tackle, right tackle. Everybody's obviously talking about the receiver position. We've, we've addressed it. It's definitely not a top priority. I think there's a lot of depth, and we can get guys in the fourth, fifth, sixth round if we need to I don't want to see that I want to see somebody taken earlier I think we all do but I think there's one position that we can't ignore outside of the big depth issues I think right tackle has to be added into that we're no longer Mitchell Schwartz I mean we've got we've got Andrew Wiley who's a serviceable guy but he's not he's not your number one starter we've got Niang who's now been out basically for two years and he did shine when he was in um, but Seeing that he's having health issues, he seems to be always playing um, overweight or what looks to be unhealthy, and I think that's what's attributing to a lot of those injuries. I know we should expect to see the Chiefs take a tackle, specifically a right tackle in this draft. Do you guys think that we'll actually see get one get taken high early, potentially even before a wide receiver? For the Chiefs specifically? Yes. You never count Brett Veach out of much, but at the same time, I think that they currently have a decent amount invested in Lucas Niang. I think they're going to give him one more year to start. Now, yeah, he, he took the COVID year and injuries, obviously, but I still think they're going to give him one more season. Now, just because of the potential is really high. If he plays really well, if he continues to develop, I think then they're they're, they're great. And I think they want to take probably what's in front of them as opposed to like already bail on him through two years. Um, now, also, there's not a lot of depth that you inherently love behind Niang. You got solid players that can come in and play, um, but also you're not gonna. I don't think you draft for depth at at you know tackle that high. Maybe later in the draft they take a guy like hey if you know. If all goes wrong, here's a third rounder or a fourth rounder since we have so many picks, uh, you know, that 
we would take. But I think I think Niang's the guy going into 2022. Yeah, I think um, right tackle will be addressed uh, at some point in the draft, but I do think it'll be with like one of our seventh round picks because I think we currently own four, uh, which. Who knows? We probably won't select four uh, seventh rounders. Uh, I bet there will be some trade at some point where a seventh rounder or two uh, gets given up. Um, but I think it would be like a Trey Smith type pick on a guy who slipped because of uh, reason X, Y, Z, and uh, has the poten- had the potential uh, to had the skill potential to go in the second, third round. Um, but but slip for numerous of reasons. So yeah, there's a couple guys. I haven't done as much work on the tackle class. I would personally be a little surprised. I think it would be a matter of the value on a player being really good. So if they're sitting there and this guy is you know highly rated on their board and he's there the second or the third round, and they're just like we, just, we value him too much not to pick him here. I think the addition of John Christian. Who's a, he played last for the Texans. He's got starting experience. He's a really good pass blocker, not a great run blocker. But when you're, you know, suited up next to Trey Smith, you can let him handle the run blocking. Uh, that'll always help you in that area. But I, I agree. I think that they'll take a developmental guy. Lucas Yang's situation is, um, it's frustrating because he is such a talented player, but it just feels like he's getting derailed. And I know, you know, heard murmurs of. Going back to um, his time at TCU weren't managed correctly, and so that's kind of why some of these injuries have. Is- and I, I also wonder we talked about him playing, you know, overweight. Not necessarily that he's overweight, but you look at him and his his lower body is not as developed as you want him to be. He just, you know, he looks like he's got stick legs. It looks like he's been skipping leg day for just too long. His um, entire life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I think that's obviously where all the injuries are also coming mm. from is is lower body extremities. Yeah. So I mean, I think. The good news is the Chiefs do have between Wiley and Christian, and um, if those guys can hold up for most of the season or the whole season, you can, you know, give him give Niang some time to really get right. I know he had the COVID year, uh, but the, just the re-injuries and, and all that stuff, and it's hard when you're, you know, when you aren't on the football field, and then you, you, you know, you're recovering from an injury, and you like you got to get back out there and test it, you know, see how it feels, and um, it just sounds like that was a struggle, so. I'd be surprised. A name that comes to mind is uh, Abraham Lucas out of Washington State as a mid-round guy. He's nothing like spectacular. He's like a you know you grab him and plug him and play. He reminds me of uh, gosh, who's a guy who came out of Oklahoma a couple years ago? Uh, Daryl Williams. Nope. Um, that's who he reminds me of. It's like you're gonna draft him at you know second, third, fourth round. You're gonna get a solid starter at him you know for four or five years. You could probably upgrade him, but he's not gonna be the worst tackle in the league. But he's you know he's just gonna be a solid starter. I, I do like the thought of uh, Kellen Deitch out of Arizona State. I think he's probably going to be a little bit higher than Brett Veach would want to take. He's probably going to be around, I would say, the end of the third round, maybe mid-fourth round. Mm-hmm. But with having four, maybe five picks before we even get there, I think that's probably a likely destination for the Chiefs to look at. Mid-round, still get that four-year contract out of him developmental guy who played very well in what I would consider a, a, a decent pack pack 12. Um, the defensive line in the pack 12 is obviously very good. So that I, I do like the offensive line that comes out of there um, where we all know before you get into your breakdowns of who you like, some of your underrated players, we know that Brett Veach likes to trade away picks. Um, and that can be frustrating. Obviously, the the Clark trade we all thought was fantastic, and it just hasn't panned out. And I think a lot of people give Veach a little bit too much stick for that. Are we expecting to see some sort of trade? Now, again, we're going into – we're still three weeks out from it, I believe, three, four weeks out. We've still got a little bit of time. But over the last few years, major, major trades have happened the week of or the week before the draft. Are we expecting Brett Veach to again out of the last two years make another large move? Are we gonna? Are we expecting him to maybe e- either for a player or additional first round picks for this season, or or, or additional second round picks? Um, do you guys see that happening? And what do you if you see it happening? What are what are you thinking we're gonna do? Um, I mean, obviously Veach has been a very aggressive GM, uh, generally speaking. So 
with the amount of picks, especially as Caleb was bringing up earlier, the seventh rounders, like you just have a whole stockpile of tradable picks um, that you're going to be very willing to trade. Now, of course, if you're going to trade up highly, it can't just be sevenths because no one's really interested in that. Um, but you do have a lot of things, you, you know, you have a lot of backfill you, you can use uh, to move up. I don't know what you'd see necessarily. Um, as I mentioned, I haven't done a ton of draft prep as of yet. Um, but I do think... I think there's going to be at least a trade. Now, where is it going to be? I don't know. It could be high. Uh, they do have two firsts, so they could be willing to swap a first uh, along, you know, throw in a, a third or a fourth and a couple of those sevenths. Uh, if you want to move up decently uh, in, in the first round, I could see that. I could also see them if there's just a situation where there are a few picks back, but there's a guy that they really, really like, uh, just a few picks ahead of them, swapping up, you know, five, six picks later in a third or fourth round for a guy. I think there's going to be something though. I think I think a trade will happen just given the sheer amount of picks the Chiefs have. I don't think Veach is going to be patient enough to, to sit on those and, and take players. But with the Chiefs roster as it is right now and, and the cap and all that, I think it could also be smart to use a lot of those picks. Yep. Um, in the past, we've seen Brett Veach trade up in the draft uh, to to grab some guys. Um, not naming any names. Breland speaks, uh, but. <laughs> We, we've seen him time and time again trade up in the draft um, just with picks, uh, and we have 12 of them this year. So I, I think we're going to see trades uh, during the draft. I don't I don't think there's going to be a big splash move trade before the draft. Um, hopefully he proves me wrong and we get a real solid player for the team, but uh, I think I think we'll see a couple trade-ups in this, in this draft. So I'm kind of in agreement that a trade – before the draft for a veteran player is probably not on the table. It wouldn't, again, I don't count each out of anything, but I think that we've seen him trade a lot of the, away a lot of those first-round picks. The one first-round pick he made in Clyde Edwards-Alaire is questionable, mm -hmm. uh, but, <laughs> hey, he was coming off a Super Bowl. He could have taken a punter, and we would have been fine with it. Uh, might I think, have been more valuable. Yeah, might have been. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I'm a pro running back, but, yeah. Uh, when we won't get into that, we're just gonna hurt feelings if we talk about that more. <laughs> uh, so here's here's what I think. I think you have to make two picks in the first round because this team needs five years of control over young contributors. Everybody wants their picks to be, you know, all pros, Pro Bowl player, you know, the best in the class, whatever. That's not you're not gonna hit a home run every time you're at bat, but you need to hit some some doubles and some triples, and if you're lucky, you get a home run here or there. Yep. So I think you have to make two picks in the first round. I've seen people say, oh, well, let's package 29 and 30 and move all the way up to, like, 15, 10, whatever. Unless you're really in love with a player, that's a hard sell for me. Yep. But you do have 12, or, yeah, 12 picks. You have a ton of mid-round picks this year. You have a ton of mid-round picks next year. So the Chiefs already have two-thirds uh, and two-fourths for next year. They're probably going to get another one of those picks in the third or fourth once Tyron Matthew signs. So they have a lot of ammunition next year, this year. If they want to call somebody up and say, hey, we're at 29, you're at 15, we'll give you a second you know, next year or a third. Or what, I mean, you can just pad it with mid-round picks as much as you want to move up you know, 10, 15 spots if you can find a dance partner. If I were Brett Veach, and I'm not, and he doesn't ever listen to me, so this probably won't happen. <laughs> So, you have three picks in the top 50. You have one at 62. I'm taking that pick at 62. I'm going to package it with, you know, another bid-round pick this year, next year, whatever. And I'm going to jump back into the top 50. And then, if I'm Brett Veach, I'm looking at going, I'm coming out of this draft class with four players who are top 50 players on my board. And if you're able to do that, and you're a good talent evaluator, like I believe that Brett Veach is, you're getting – hopefully at least three guys who are contributing immediately and then one guy who's going to develop into a starter. That's that's an ideal situation. But I know everybody wants to trade up in the first. I, I wouldn't. I think you could do both. You could trade up in the first and then still come back up into the top 50 from 62. And, again, it's also kind of just depending on how the board falls. Maybe you're sitting at 62 and, you know, once you're at 50, you're like, man, there's, you know, there's a dozen guys here who are still on our board. Like, one of them is going to be there at 62, so we'll just wait. So – one of the benefits of having all those selections is you can kind of just you have a chance to, you know, jump in and move wherever you need to, but you get to check the temperature of things as they're going. 
So I think that we're going to see a very aggressive, very active draft weekend. Um, if they're going to take an edge, I would be, and I really, really hope that they do. I think that they're going to have to move up pretty significantly in that first round. But I think they need to hold on to both. their Like, they need to make two picks in the first round. That's my – I will die on that hill, and uh, I'd be pretty upset if they packaged both those first to move up. Um, you know, and if they did, I would want it to be something like the Orlando Brown deal where they got, you know, another early or whatever. Yeah, another early round second – early second round pick. There we go. Words in the right <laughs> order. Uh, you know, something back. But I think you have to get starters because those trades for veterans, the the – salary cap as much as it's not real is still real and and it's more about you know you can't continue you have to restock and, and grow your own talent at some point you know yep. especially in the middle of patrick mahomes prime like you've got to restock the cupboard for another run the salary cap is real um but it is very fluid and it is way more fluid when you have rookie contracts of producing players um since you are so dead set on edge guys, would you like to give us some some edge guys you would be very happy with at pick 29 slash wherever you want to trade up to? Okay, that's oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, the edges I like at 29 is pretty much no one. Like, like that I get yep. really excited about. There's a couple of things you could do that I'd be like, okay, I like the play there. Um so if they stay at 29 and 30, here's what I'm doing if I'm Kansas City. I'm taking either Boye Mafe out of Minnesota or Arnold Abiquetti out of Penn State. Neither of those guys are complete players. Neither of them, Both of them kind of have some work to do. Um, Arnold Abiquetti doesn't meet the you know prototypical size measurements for, for Steve Spagnuolo, but I think he's a little bit more developed. So I'm taking one of those guys at 29, and then I'm coming right back around at 30 and taking David Ojabo out of Michigan. That's the play at that point if I'm if I'm you know staying where I'm at. If I'm moving up, I'm moving up for one of two guys. Jermaine Johnson, the second out of Florida State, who is just watching him, uh, you're like, dude, this is somebody that Steve Spagnuolo, I, I guarantee, is in love with. Incredibly high motor. Yeah. When when there was, uh, I remember who reported that, you know, the Chiefs are allegedly in reports to move up to the top 10 to draft a wide receiver. I said, they're not moving up to the top 10 to draft a wide receiver. They'll move up to the top 10 to draft Jermaine Johnson. Uh, the other one that I think could be interesting on draft day would be Kayvon uh, Thibodeau out of Oregon, who I, I didn't, that guy. I didn't even bother writing him up or looking at him too much because I was like, there's no way this guy is in a top five pick top. He should be the, like he could very well be the first pick in the draft. Well, there's a lot that's his, pre-draft process has not been good i know that there's been questions about his work ethic and really his development his technique all that stuff athletically just off the charts and you know the he kind of got criticized they were talking to him at the combine and they said who do you compare yourself to and he said jadavion Clowney. and jadavion Clowney's reputation around the league is here's this guy all the athletic potential of the world but just didn't work hard enough or didn't develop and um he kind of I think he got a bad rap, and maybe this is just in the media circles, but uh, a lot of people didn't care for that. When you go back and like actually look at his answer, he said, what I was aiming for in my testing numbers was to match, you know, what Davion Clowney did at his combine performance. It wasn't that he was, you know, he then went on to talk about Von Miller and other pass rushers that he really liked to watch. So um, if you're an NFL team, you're probably hearing that whole answer, but a lot of people kind of, you know, the, the media is distortion. Yes. So a lot of, uh, but there, there's some potential there, right? It all it all kind of feeds around each other. And so if he starts to fall, if he's sitting there at seven or eight or nine, um, I think I've heard, here, here I am with my official, very official sources here. Uh, I think maybe somewhere I read or heard <laughs> that the Carolina Panthers were opening to moving down. Um, so, you know, if he's sitting there at eight or seven or whatever, and like you can, you can call up, you know, the Jets at 10 or the the Panthers at 9, and you can get there and, and get Kayvon Thibodeau. You better. Like, I hope you do. Uh, you go running up that draft board. But um, I, those are the two guys in the top. There's three guys that I would not be – like, I would not be totally devastated if they gave up both those first-round picks. Those two edges and then Sauce Gardner out of uh, Cincinnati, who's a cornerback. 
but I oh, of course Sauce Conrad. I, that guy is yeah. nuts. Yeah, I he. I, I've yeah. I there's. I just hope he doesn't get drafted by an AFC West team because like it's like man, then you got to be dead to me. <laughs> but I like you so much as a player. Like go go play in the NFC so I can kind of quietly root for you. But um, that kid's gonna be a stud and has been CB one for me for for a little bit, and then just blew away the combine and you know all his, he's gonna be. If he's not a top five pick, then they're doing it wrong. But yeah, those are three guys I would move up in the top ten for. Yeah, uh, two players that are like that for me, they play in the AFC. Uh, it's Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. <laughs> it pains me that I don't I don't get to root for them. Now, so we have talked about wide receivers some. Yeah, and, and you think that you know, if it is a receiver class, maybe they should wait a little bit on receiver. But out of those guys, who are some guys that maybe do sit a little bit deeper on your draft board at receiver that you think maybe they do sit into the second, maybe third round to take? So there's some uh, some really fun names tonight. The combine's always the worst time of year for me because these guys, I'm like, oh, I really like him. Like, I want him to do well, but I don't want him to do too good at the combine because then everybody's going to like him. Um, Christian Watson out of North Dakota, St- North Dakota State was one of those guys. Just blew up the combine, came in with just incredible measurable. Has like 10, 10, inch, 10 and a quarter inch hands. Like, it's pretty much running around with baseball gloves on. Um and I was like, dang it. Like, he ran like a, I think a 4.38 at like 6.2, six, 6.3. Six, uh, it just was insane. Um, so he's one that he could sneak into the first round. He's a guy I've seen people mock this year. He's at 29 or 30. I expect him to be a, a top 50 pick. One guy that I just, I don't get, and maybe some of it's like the injuries and just the inconsistency, but like John Mechie the, um, out of Alabama is a guy who has really good tape and a really good system. And like, I don't think he's going to be like your number one guy, but I think you're going to draft him and he's going to be productive and be, I think he's going to be a guy who you get more value out of as a, as a starter than you expect. Um, Sky Moore is a guy again, who's been a hot name. I think, I, I hope that he is a second rounder. I think if you take him in the first round, it's a little too rich for me, but um, I just think he's limited on where you can play him and how you can use him just because of his size is a little bit smaller. I think at five ten, uh, one, I want to say one ninety seven, but other than that, really good, really polished receiver. People are going to make the, the Cooper cup comparison and, and all that. But uh, I think that those are a couple guys to, I'm sure there's one I'm, I'm forgetting. So please feel free to yell at me if you want opinions on a there's, name. I got two guys that I would really, really, really like to get selected at 29 or 30. Um, first guy is pretty popular, Jamison Williams. Uh, he would be amazing in the Chiefs uh, system. Um, I, I, I think that's pretty popular around what I've been seeing. Uh, another guy, Jalen Burks. I think he has a lot of potential. Um, out of, out of, yeah. Is it Traylon? Traylon. Uh, oh, well, I took notes in my phone, and <laughs> it must have been like, no, nah, that's a Jalen. Uh, so uh, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Uh, big fan of him. Yeah, Traylon was one of my early crushes, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll use the comparison. He was in college. He was very similar to how Colorado used uh, Lavisca Chenault, who the Chiefs were supposedly going to trade for. His combine wasn't as good as you. It wasn't bad by no means. Was it? I think in a normal year when like everybody in their grandma wasn't running in the four three eights. It probably would have been a really good <laughs> performance for him. Uh, I think he's 6'2", 225. So he's built like a running back. But he – and they used him. I mean, they literally lined him up in the backfield. Um, it, it's – yeah, LaVisca Chenault. But, like, it also reminds you of, like, how the Chiefs used Tyreek Hill as a rookie. So just all over the place, inside, outside. I – I've his – this last year he was not as – um, he didn't stand out as much. I think defense is really keyed on him. And then I, I've worried about his ability to track the ball downfield as like a deep threat. He's, he's wonderful with the ball in his hand. Um, you know, but I just, I don't know if he, if he has the, the ability to be a, really a, a true vertical threat, but I do like him as a player. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Jamison Williams is kind of, um, the hottest thing in this college season before he tours yeah. ACL. I would love him. I think he's yep. going to go before then. But I also wouldn't mind trading up in the 20s or even the, the late teens to get Jamison Williams. And the theme I'm kind of following here is guys that make space after catching the ball. 
because in this offense it's proved to be uh, one of the key factors. Like you, you stop everything, and then Mahomes is out of the pocket and he extends the play, and then you get a wide receiver who catches the ball and you're one-on-one, the play's almost over, he breaks a tackle and goes 10 more yards. And this this offense has been just demoralizing the defenses uh, with all their second-chance opportunities. And so I, I, I definitely want the Chiefs to go and get another guy who is really good with the ball in his hands, Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks. Um, I really like Chris Olave as well. Um, not, as, not as quick with the ball in his hands as, as the other two, but um, – be a very nice addition to the to the wide receiver room. Either of the Ohio State guys would be great pickup. I like Wilson a little bit more than Olave, which is kind of crazy because Olave was just so insanely productive with Ohio State. I think a lot of people are a lot higher on on Garrett Wilson than they are on Olave. Uh, now there is one guy whose name has been touted all over Twitter since the combine, George Pickens from uh, from Georgia. I think that's a given. Do you see him dropping down to twenty nine thirty? I don't think so. It, Pickens is kind of an enigma because you don't know if he's like a lot of the the fans and the media kind of see him as like an early second, you know, uh, second round guy. But at the same time, listening to some other people, it's like Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks talk about him a lot as a guy who's probably going to be in the first round and going a lot higher than, than most people expect. Um, I've heard that I think from Lance Zerline and, and Dane Brugler as well. So I think he, I think he could be there at 29. It would not surprise me if he goes in the top 20 at all. I'm a big Pickens fan. I would be pretty happy with the pick. If you're comfortable with his recovery and with his, with his health, um, the dude got like somebody, like somebody talked about his off the, or his on, on field issues, like attitude or whatever. And like, he got like he got an unnecessary roughness penalty for I think blocking a corner too hard and like just plays with a demeanor that the Chiefs haven't had like um, I think he's a better like just I don't want to say a better athlete but like that physical style of receiver that Chiefs haven't had since Dwayne Bow the dude's got some just real attitude when it comes to like blocking and just running dudes over love George Pickens that's which that's the kind of player that I think we're missing is somebody on this on this offense with the attitude obviously we've seen Patrick do it. But we can't have a quarterback be your attitude guy. We've kind of seen it with Trey and 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 with uh, uh, old boy at center and and we. I mean, we've we've got some guys out of there, but you need it kind of from skill players. Uh, last wide receiver that I have a question for: is What are we What are we thinking on Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama? Have you done any research on him? He's he's a little bit smaller. Well, I shouldn't say that. He's six one. That's the, the typical prototype body. I feel like four current wide receivers, um, obviously completely different from George Pickens, but I kind of see him as that maybe LaVishka Chenault type of player. Yeah, Tolbert for me is one that I've gone back and checked on him a couple times throughout the process. Um, I've got him as like a mid-third round guy, which I think is a little bit lower than, than most people. I'm – He's, he's a guy to me who does a lot of things like well, but nothing special. And so for a day two, you know, mid, mid third round, early or late second round, I'm okay with that. But he doesn't have necessarily a, a specific trait about him that makes me go, okay, there's a, there's a skill set or there's a skill that we can really utilize to, you know, force defenses to have to account for. I think he's a reliable pass catcher. I think he is... Um, he plays with a good understanding of you know how to run his routes and all that stuff. Um, I believe he's an old. I want to say he's twenty four or going to be twenty three. Um, so yeah, a little bit older. Not, I mean, we're talking a couple, or, you know, a year or two here or there. But um, yeah, I I don't dislike him. I'm just not wowed by him. If that makes sense, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate the pick, and I probably have to go back and, and go find some more. But even just like. Um, just like watching his highlights, I'm like, oh yeah, that that was a cool catch. It wasn't like, um, you know, somebody else. Where I'm like, man, there's an elite, you know, there's some elite skills here, or some above average skills. Like this, that's what this guy does very well. So, Jalen's just one of those guys who's very all around, very solid. Yeah, I did a little bit on Jalen Tolbert, and um, I may have to go back and watch some more. Uh, but I originally have him at a day three guy. Um, 
I am also pretty low on Tolbert um, myself. Um, and another guy that I think I'm a little lower on uh, than most people is Jahan Dotson. I'm not, I'm not very high on Jahan Dotson. A uh, few people have him a little higher. I don't think he's been uh, talked about in the first round at all, I don't think. Um, but I, I also have him as a day three guy, as somebody I'd probably want to stay away from for me. This is an unpopular take right now. I am a Jahan Dotson fan. Oh, yeah. I would take him at 50 in a heartbeat. All right. Um, I think Jahan Dotson is what Chiefs fans wanted McCole Hardman to be. But also, he has – he's a smaller guy. He's an insane catch radius and has just made – like some of the catches that he's made just has no business making. Uh, so, I – not a perfect player, not a, I agree, probably not a, a round one guy, but when you talk about looking for traits that are going to translate well, I think his, his catch radius and he's, he's a, a, it's hard to say above average. Cause like I said, everybody ran a four, three this year. Yeah. Um, but he, he's got enough athleticism to, to make it work and, um, plays bigger than what he is. But I was just really impressed with his ability to track the ball and, and just make some like, they just threw up some lame duck passes to him and he came down with them. And yeah. I was like, you have no business making that catch. So I think in a better system with a better supporting cast, he could be um, a, a pretty solid player. So, you know, you bring up Jahan Dotson, a guy maybe you like a little more than, than some other people. Who Who is someone that you think is really getting slept on that you are a big fan of? And then who's someone that is getting a lot of attention, getting a lot of hype that you really would not like the Chiefs to take? trick well i don't know how i would say i wouldn't want the chiefs to take him because if he's sitting there at 29 or 30 i'm like okay that's good value but one guy that i think like i don't get it um is Derek stingley out of lsu sorry caleb uh (laughs) (laughs) i just i'm not comfortable taking a guy who hasn't who hasn't put elite tape or even a like good tape really um on on the field since you know two or three years ago uh two years ago and and that's when he had a really good supporting cast, and then his supporting cast left, and he fell off a cliff. And I know there's some injuries and, and all that other stuff, uh, but there are also just times when you're watching the tape and you're like, is this dude even trying? Is he paying attention? You know, um, maybe it's that old. Maybe I'm just reliving some PTSD from when I was in football, and my coaches were always, always yelling at me. But it's like there are times where I'm watching him walk it, you know, before the whistle was blown, like on the other side of the field. And I get it, you're a cornerback, and the play's going the other way. But like, you got to hustle, man. So, um, at the same time, if he fell and you know under the chief slap, or if there was a small trade, I wouldn't be mad because it's like I see the potential there. Um, I'm just kind of looking through my list here of other guys that. Oh, I'm not a Drake London fan. Sorry, uh, sorry, Garrett, if you're listening. Uh, not. I'm a, also not high on Drake London at all. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So I just the number of receivers who met who like match his athletic profile who have been successful are very, 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 very small. And there's always outliers. I just, I, and I don't think, I think that there's issues with separation there. Um, so that's, uh, out here. I'm just going to offend everybody. Uh, Nick Bonito out of Oklahoma. I will smack you. <laughs> I was going to mention during edge. Uh, I have, I, I, I have a fan. I'm a fan of one of the guys from Oklahoma that, uh, he he will be a fan of, and it's Nick Benito. I think he's really good. I love Nick Benito, and I stunning. stunning. I but I'm also not super high on him. I would not take him um, below our second pick or above our second pick in in the second round. Maybe even the second pick in the third round. I don't see him that high. I think he should fall down probably into uh, lower tier of day two but the nice the good thing about nick benito is you're going to get a high guy with a high engine he's got a very high motor he doesn't quit on plays if he's five years five yards in the backfield and and the play is 20 yards downfield Mm -hmm. he's probably going to be the first guy to that player he knows how to get after a quarterback he's got a very solid skill set again much like uh you were talking about the receiver from southern alabama he doesn't have something that he does spectacularly. 
but he's got a lot of little things that he does really, really well, which in the NFL you get with guys who can fine-tune those specific things. And I think if for the value that you can get Nick Benito at, it, but again, he's not going to be that guy who comes in and starts right away. So let me let me redeem myself for a minute. Um, Nick Benito as an edge, I don't like. Nick Benito as a Sam linebacker who drops down and rushes, I like a lot as a rotational guy. I, and that's understanding that um, in, in Steve Spagnuolo's system, you know, and in, in the NFL in general, you're in a lot of dime looks anyway, so he's going to be there. But as a piece that you can bring in situationally, as a guy that you could kind of use to, you know, are you going to drop him into coverage and, and have him, you know, cover something shallow underneath? Um, you know, Oklahoma's defensive front is pretty – um, they do a lot of a lot of interesting things, uh, but I think I do think that he has the natural the natural pass rushing ability. If I were a three four team, I would like him a lot more as an outside linebacker. Uh, I, I think, and maybe again, I'm just conditioned by what Steve Spagnuolo has done for so long. I just don't think that the the size and the you know holding up against the run and, and setting that that edge is where he's going to thrive in the NFL. But like as a as a guy that you're mixing into the rotation as a pass rusher. Uh, maybe you play him a little bit off ball. Uh, that's that's a little out there. It's a little wild. You know, he'd probably take a year or two. But if you draft him in the second or third round as the guy, you say, hey, I'm going to let you rush the passer here or there. And then occasionally I'm going to drop you you know, off the ball or whatever. And as you go along, we're going to teach you to cover in space a little bit better. Just like they've you know worked with Nick Bolton. I think of uh, I'd almost want to use him how the Giants used Matthias Kiwanuka back in the day uh, where he was a guy who – played defensive end in college and they had too many defensive ends so they let him play outside linebacker for a little bit and just had an extra pass rusher that they could do whatever they needed to so i don't entirely hate him as a player i just don't love the fit i guess i should clarify on that i'm also gonna be here to offend everybody as i am every time we do the show um but a guy that i don't think the chiefs are actually going to be in the market for at all um but a guy that i think is overrated in a, in a lot of people's uh drafts I think Jordan Davis is a early to mid second rounder, in my opinion. Jordan Davis out of I Georgia. Know. Okay, that's what I Defense thought. That's what, that's what I thought. Oh, he he's he's the mountain of a man. He, he's the he, mountain of a man. He, he's he's the giant guy. He's yes, a big I, guy yeah, I remember him. That doesn't move at all. Yeah, he he feels like a guy that probably should be a little bit better than. Then he's getting graded out as, but I think he's he he's so big though, <laughs> like he's gonna not be terrible in the NFL, right? Any, any I, anyone with a mic can answer. I, I don't think he's Feel gonna free. be what people think he's gonna be. People are are looking at this man and they're just like, oh, what a monster! And I I just don't see it. I I think he's gonna be fine. Um, I don't think he's gonna be a bust. I mean, I still have him uh, early to mid second round. I think he's a decent pick. I just don't think he's a mid first rounder. Watching him play a little bit, didn't watch him play a lot, but watching him play the little that I did, there were a few things that I noticed for a defensive lineman. He's slow off the ball. Now, if if you want him in, I think he's a great run stopper because he can plug the hole, he can take up two blockers, and, and that's, your, that's your job as a defensive lineman. It is not to be Chris Jones unless it's a pass play and get in there and like that's your specialty your job as a defensive lineman is to hold up the offensive line create holes for your linebackers and safeties to crash through and stop the run that's what makes you a great run stopper it's not busting through and 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 breaking up the play so I think that's something that he could specialize as very very well but I don't think there's much else that he does great again slow off the ball feet are what I think it actually fairly poor his hands are decent but not where you would want them to be at the nfl level now again young guys can be trained up this is something that can happen um but as coming out of college i don't see him as some of the guys some of the things that people are touting him to be so i think i would initially agree on the idea of as a college player if you're just scouting that and how he was used in his production you're looking i agree like an early second i think what when you get into these top 20 conversations with Jordan Davis or first round conversations, it's about what he could be and not what he is, which is always a little dangerous. And that's, that's how the draft goes. This man's combine was absolutely insane. Like, um, 
I, I don't know if you could have put King Kong on the turf and he probably wouldn't have put better better numbers up than what Jordan Davis did and would have probably came in, you know, a little bit lighter. But I think at like 350 he ran a sub a sub 5 um 40 time and I think there's like maybe three players in in the combine history who's done that. I mean, he just absolutely blew the doors off the place. I there are a lot of concerns for me with Jordan Davis. Um he's got 29 or 30, I'd like yeah, take him. Um, because is he this, like this run stopper, like worst case scenario, run stopper, two down player. I think that's his floor. I think you bring him in and you say, if, if nothing else, I'm getting a player who's a, who's more athletic, who's kind of like, um, you know, who would be an upgrade over Derek Nadi. So that's like his floor. I, I almost compared him to Don Tari Poe before the combine. Like when I wrote him up, he was one of my earlier reports. Um, I was like, man, he's not that athletic. And then he went to the combine and was like, I'm athletic. So, <laughs> uh, just to prove me wrong, the comp I ended up with was, uh, John Henderson, who was a tackle for the, the Jaguars for a long time. I think his potential is really high, but I, I would agree with you. If you're, if you're looking at just what he does, there, there are holes in his game. He may not be an every down player. He's probably not going to give you a lot pass rush wise. And he just doesn't like, you want to see him get more push in the pocket even when he like not even necessarily just like getting to the quarterback, but moving guards and centers off the spot that like, he just kind of stands them up. Some of his hand placement issues, he is a tall guy for a nose tackle. And so he just kind of gets way upright and that's, that's going to be a struggle that he's going to master. And hopefully at the NFL level, they can get, but the potential is there to be a really dominant player. I would agree. Yeah. But putting him in the top 20, I think a bit of an overstatement, get him down to 29:30 and I'd be happy with the Chiefs taking him pair him up with uh, with Chris Jones he can eat two guys Chris Jones then has to only eat against one which we know he can get past two with no problem so I, I would I would agree with you there it at the later part of day one early part of day two he should probably be taken off the board uh, as we start to get nearer to the end of this um, who is one guy that if if he is there at any point in the draft, if he's on the board as the Chiefs come up to pick, the Chiefs, you think at least, will absolutely take that guy. You're gonna you're gonna do this to me because that means that they're definitely not gonna take that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I listen. I I, I have a, a good running history of this. I was like, you know, I think the Chiefs are gonna take Jonathan Taylor. It would really stink if they took Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Um, that's out there on the internet, like written. Um, and he wants Brees Hall. <laughs> listen, it's not. I would not be surprised if they took a running back. Um, he, I'll throw this name out there because we haven't talked about him, and, and I think there's a chance that he could be there, and I think it would be a little bit of a surprise for the Chiefs. But I'm just kind of like predicting that surprise. Like, all right, what is mm-hmm. what is it that Brett Veach thinks I won't? Yeah, he thinks I won't predict him to do and i'm gonna predict it so i'm i'm getting ahead of him this time um so andrew booth jr out of clemson he's a cornerback uh he's dealt with some injuries and just like in the postseason or the pre-draft process so it's kept him from testing and so with everybody else rising i think that he could get lost in the shuffle a little bit he could maybe fall when he when we were going to the season there were talks about him being the top cornerback even over stingley before Stingley's issues kind of really, you know, before he got shut down for the season and all this other stuff. So um, I think Booth is one of the most fluid movers in space. Um, is an absolute, like, lo- like you wouldn't expect him. Like, he's so smooth and so agile. You wouldn't expect him to be a guy who plays with as much attitude as he does, but loves to play in the run, like just throws people around. Um, really solid tackler, like explodes um, through the ball carrier, really good in coverage like i i would trust him i comped him to um Xavier howard from the dolphins i would trust him to play in any system in any in any lineup and just let him do his thing so he's a guy that i would be really excited about i know we you know there are other needs and brett veach doesn't draft a corner in the round ones or two or three or ever um or sign them yeah at all. he just has a, a corner Unless they version. were former first round picks failed but yeah. we're not expecting it so you know expecting the unexpected i think um, that would be a guy that I, yeah, I'll go and say it on record saying I think the Chiefs would value him enough to go to take him. Mine's pretty boring, uh, but if the Chiefs are on the clock and Jamison Williams on the board and they don't take him, I'm probably going to light a fire somewhere. 
<laughs> so, uh, if there's any fires on draft night and Jamison Williams didn't get taken by the Chiefs and he was there, uh, you know who to call. Yeah, it, Caleb. Caleb Durlin at, <laughs> at Steel Durlin 53. Not and the rest of us. It, you can, <laughs> oh, the police, you hear that. It's Caleb. And, uh, um, in that crime. <laughs> I also wanted to uh, mention a guy that I am a little higher on than uh, than some people um, have him. I would not be mad if the Chiefs at 29 or 30 took Logan Hall out of Houston. Very high on him. You know, I thought I was and done. And he is mad. <laughs> I, I thought I was done. Oh, no. Oh, no, uh, no, I gotta no. check my blood pressure for a minute. Um. Last I checked, the Chiefs weren't in need of a new water boy, so I don't know why you would have <laughs> Logan Hall. Um, I, what are you playing? Defensive tackle, defensive end? I, he doesn't know. He says, I like playing three three tackle. I'm like, sir, you're built like a defensive end. So probably, his agent probably cried when he said that. Um, not impressive athletically at either position. I watched him. I like I, I heard some early hype. I was like, all right, here we go. Another edge guy bigger guy spags is gonna love him and then i watched him and i was like i was, I was watching houston's defense and i'm like it took me a minute what I, what I like to do is just like watch a team's defense with their whole unit and like good players stand out um and i remember watching uh who's a guy peyton turner i think last year from the same from the same system and peyton turner stood, stood out a little bit you know made some i didn't see it with Logan. i saw a guy who just got moved off his spot looked indecisive look i mean i don't know i if you're needing defensive line depth in the third round sure at the end of the first round then i might set something on fire so if logan hall is the guy who's taking if you hear caleb celebrating breland speaks yeah i didn't say i'd be celebrating i just said i wouldn't be mad uh i yeah breland speaks Uh, i didn't even think about that comparison but i'm not i'm not out here picketing for logan hall in the first round i'm pretty (laughs) saying i would not be upset now that you mentioned it i'm pretty sure breland speaks weighed 283 pounds and i'm almost certain that logan hall is at 283 somebody can look look it up and correct me but i'm almost certain they were like with that comp i am certainly out yeah, I'm a thousand percent out. There's no way I can't. <laughs> no I, we can't do that again. Speaking of comps, Sam Howell is Damon or not Damon Heward, uh, Tyler Thigpen, and you can't and tell that, me anything different. That is correct. Now, I didn't. I did not grow up in the Tyler Thigpen era. Uh, Caleb and I were watching some Sam Howell tape, and he was like, "This guy's Tyler Thigpen." I was like, "Really? I think he's just kind of like a lesser Baker." He's like, "No, no, no. Let me let me pull up some Tyler Thigpen highlights." I watched. I watched in my own house. I watched three snaps of Tyler Thigpen. I was like, "No, yeah, Sam Howell's Tyler Thigpen. It's not close." <laughs> Uh, so I, I, that being said, I'm not high on Sam Howell. <laughs> um, but so we've talked a lot of draft, obviously. What are some just general thoughts? How how much do you think this draft class is going to have to impact the Chiefs for the Chiefs to be really good um, in, in in 2022? I think our, I I think I said it best in kind of our closing remarks of the season, or after after Tyreek had had been traded. I think our window to win the Super Bowl this season is very slim. Offensive ceiling has dropped really low. Now, the defensive ceiling could be really high, but I'm not expecting that with bringing in a ton of a, a, a ton of rookies. Now, that could change again if we're bringing in 12 rookies, that should theoretically open our window wide open within the next 2 years. But I don't see really our window for winning a Super Bowl this year realistically with 12 new rookies coming into spots that they haven't been in, molding into the NFL shell, being those type of special players that are needed to win big games. Uh, the the window for, for us this year, in my mind, is, is slim to none. This is uh, kind of funny because after the AFC Championship game loss uh, against the Bengals, uh, yeah, I had to do it to you. Um, but me and Landon have been talking a little bit, and I was like, man, I feel like the window is, is slowly getting a little smaller. Um, and I think these next two seasons are going to kind of be some build-up years. And this is before Tyreek. This is before all the all the drama with all that. And I was like, I think these next two years are going to kind of be some, some, some revamp years, and then we're really going to see a large, large window. Um like three seasons from now to 
um, probably like 10 seasons from now, I think there's a giant window for us to to be a really historical team. Um, and and then Tyreek happened, and now we're sitting here and we're like, now we now we got some rookies coming up, and uh, we got 12 draft picks, and we got um, how many? We got nine next year so far. Uh, potential for more, especially with Tyran. Um, maybe signing somewhere else. And I don't know. I'm, I also right now don't think the window is as, as small as some people think it is. I think this team is still amazing. I think Patrick Mahomes makes wide receivers great. I think he's one of those guys that makes everybody around him better. And the offense, yeah, it's going to take a hit with Tyreek because you can't replace Tyreek. There's nobody in the NFL that replaces Tyreek. The closest you're going to get is maybe Debo Samuel. And I, I – I still think that the Chiefs offense with Tyreek would be way better. Um, but I think that this Chiefs team has all the potential in the world to go win a Super Bowl. You only have to win four games in the postseason, and that's if you don't get the one seed. So that's my take. Yeah, so I understand how difficult moving on from Tyreek Hill was. Um, I... I agree that we'll say it this way. The window is always going to be open with, uh, with Patrick Mahomes on your team. You're always going to have a puncher's chance. I, I think the same thing applies. It's the same formula we've seen. Andy Reid's going to try to get this team to win the AFC West. So you get your playoff spot. You're going to try to get this team to get a good, you want the number one seed because that's the only, the only bye week, but if you don't get it, you're okay. And then you just go from there. You got to get to the dance. So I think the Chiefs are a playoff team. I think with Patrick Mahomes, we've seen that you can't ever count him out. I Winning three agree. games in a row for the Chiefs is not yeah. even, like, that's never not going to be a thing with Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. as a quarterback. I, this feels, again, with the benefit of hindsight, this feels a little bit like the 2019 season where you have some holes. On, like, the defense needs to be retooled. Um, the You have some growing to do. I think they have left the the roster, these one-year deals and all that stuff, where they're in a position to retool next year. So mm-hmm. if Juju has a really good year, you're going to have more cap space to bring him back. If yep. if MVS, you can hold on to him, you've got a, a solid deal. Maybe McColl finally steps up in a contract year and you can extend him. You get Frank Clark off the books next mm-hmm. year. You, you're in a position where you have so much flexibility at a time when – you do have some tough decisions to make, right? Travis Kelsey isn't getting younger. Chris Jones isn't getting younger. We've already seen, you know, Tyran is is moving on. The receiving core is, is turned over. There's a lot of change on this team, and that's the nature of the NFL. So I think the window is less established, less wide open as it was. But I again, I can't say. Uh, I, I don't think it's as as narrow as some some believe it is, or some are or worried that it is i think there's a really um i'd still say the chiefs are top three team in the afc i'd say they're the team to beat but still because they've they've been to the dance you know four years in a row they've ho- yeah so that's that's the big one for me um you got you know to be the man you got to beat the man so um I, I i'm not too worried i think it's just gonna be a part of the process and, and again adding these rookies i think this draft really is crucial for the chiefs future because if you can get if you can have a draft similar to what you had last year where you get two or three guys who are going to be starters above average starters you're in such good position entering patrick mahomes's prime one quick question or uh, two things one quick question before we land the plane and then uh to finish it off i would like you to be brett veach and give us your four first moves four first picks or trade up whatever you're brett veach the, the question is, is you, you've talked about defensive picks for uh, the Chiefs and going with a Steve Spagnolo prototype. Everybody knows that I am not a Steve Spagnolo fan. I do not agree that he should be here this season. I do not think that he should be here much longer after this season if they're going to continue keeping him around. His defenses, the uh, years that he have been has been here, have been ranked in the 20th to uh, – 
lower 20th percentile of the league. And I think, uh, I think he's done a really, really poor job with the talent he has now, you know, they played well enough to win a Super Bowl at the end and, and were ranked 12th at the end of the season. But uh, again, overall has done a very, very poor job. Do you believe that Brett Veach and the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs organization will take Steve Spagnuolo's uh, requirements or conditions for picking players into consideration, uh, seeing that they should realistically move off of him very, very soon, uh, at least in my opinion. And then again, after this, the your, your, your Brett Veach, your first four moves. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. I, I don't know if I'm necessarily as vocal about it, but I – I liked Steve Spagnuolo back in like 2009 and it's, it feels like he peaked and has like, yeah, it's like he peaked in high school and hasn't changed since. Um, and that's, I mean, he seems like a, a decent human being and all that stuff, but I, I'm not thrilled with his, the way he views uh, a lot of defensive players, especially on the front. So I'm with you on that. I do. I think that they will take his opinion into consideration. Yes. Do I think that they will, keep him longer than they should yes because if there's one fault of andy Reid, it's that he is um, i've secretly been hoping that somebody was dumb enough to hire steve fernola as a head coach <laughs> again for like just yeah i just i that i don't have any fun. ill will towards <laughs> the guy but uh i i would like him i would like to see us move on to some to a, a younger fresher mind in that sense um, and just overall a more athletic defense it seems like he is too willing to take guys who were you know just big and strong, kind of that old school mentality versus Jordan um, Davis pick coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, versus guys that are um, athletic. Like we see these, you know, these other defenses. I think of like the one that the Rams built. Like you have athletic guys all over that field. Um, you know, there's just that, that to me has been the biggest frustration. You just have these subpar athletes, good football players, but subpar athletes. And at some point, like, you can't outrun everything so or you can't you know outsmart everything you can outrun a smart person mm-hmm. um so i'm while i'm i'm talking over here i'm also doing a little little mock draft um just running through so i'll, I'll give you the first couple picks i've made um so i didn't do any trading so these are just uh i got one third round so uh 29 i went daxton hill safety out of michigan love that who i think again we talked about versatile so I wouldn't mind him, uh, you know, outside, inside versatility at corner. Um, Arnold Ebiketti at edge. We talked about him go. earlier. George Pickens was there at 50. I don't think that's going to happen. So if George Pickens isn't there, slide in Christian Watson, either one of those mm-hmm. guys. Um, another guy we didn't talk about was uh, Tariq Woolen out of UTSA, who a lot of people are high on, and rightfully so. The guy's 6'4", 205, and ran a 4 a 4'2" so uh he i think it was a 428 something insane uh humans that big should not move that fast uh the other pick i went this is a guy that i really like that we haven't it's just i don't know i don't see a lot of traction for in terms of like kansas city um i say a likely he's a tight end mm. i think he's, he's really good yeah I think he's a guy, but he's if you're the chiefs and you're just looking for weapons to add around mm-hmm. patrick mahomes i'm not worried about his blocking necessarily or his yep. ability to block or to play in line um, let him come be, you know, Demetrius Harris or you know, Jody Fortson or, or that kind of player. I think blocking is getting a little overrated for tight ends nowadays because they <laughs> produce so much, as yeah. we've seen. Yeah. A uh, guy that I need, I'm still kind of like, I've watched a little bit of, but not nearly enough. Um, <laughs> Alante uh, Taylor out of Tennessee is a guy that I really think uh, needs some more, some more love than he's getting. So. And. As uh, as often happens, the dogs have taken over the show. Uh, if you have heard a dog barking for the last like twenty minutes of this podcast, there's a, there's a it reason was why. Sticks. Sticks <laughs> is making another appearance on the show. Sticks, you got anything to say? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I think and I think that's going to be a, a good note to end on. <laughs> um, I am Landon Fields, and my Twitter account is at Fields underscore Landon, where you can follow me. I am Caleb Berlin. You can follow me on Twitter at cdurlin fifty three. I'm Tyler Savaitinaya. You can follow me at underscore Suavage underscore. Uh, Tom currently has a dog on him. Um, so uh, where, where can they find you, Tom? You can find me over at Arrowhead Tom on Twitter and the uh, State Again Network where the, che- or the Kingdom Says podcast. 
So give us a follow. Yeah. And there go, you go follow that man. He is a wealth of knowledge. Awesome to have him on the podcast and uh, talk a little draft here. Um, go do, go LSU, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the only person in Kansas that says that. That's probably true. Check us out uh, all the rest of the offseason. Thank you again, Tom, for joining us. Uh, a lot of good information. Great conversation. Uh, happy to have you on, and maybe we'll have you back sometime. Uh, as always, guys, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Chiefs.